Hey everybody, C-Note here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like running into an old friend at the bar. You're not even sure if this is a good idea. Today on the show, we are talking about the Fire Festival documentary that is on Netflix and some of the lessons that I sort of learned from that documentary and really from the the guy that it's about, Billy, the CEO type of guy, um, who is also a fine example of an unhealthy ENTJ. And uh, so we're going to talk about that a little bit, but then a couple of kind of life lessons and, and sort of things that really stuck out to me in relation to like how I'm doing business and, and going forward and um, really thinking about making money and like the ethical side of things. So without further ado, let's kick it off and break it down here on Dopamine. Let's go. Drums, Hey everybody, C-Note here. I hope you guys are doing well. I'm sitting in my car. That's why there's noises. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I hope you guys are good. Uh, sorry there was no episode earlier this week. I, uh, I've just been really busy. I've been trying to catch up on... Uh, a lot of life things that, I don't know, there's just like so much that it's really hard to really explain. I've mostly been trying to get myself into a bit of a routine that allows me to sort of catch up and make some money and pay rent and, uh, and then actually move the needle towards, um, you know, big picture stuff. And part of that actually is a, an updated branding logo and visual image for dopamine. So, um, check that out. Hopefully you see it on your favorite podcast platform and, um, feel free to hit me up at Twitter. Uh, let's go see note and, um, let me know what you think of that. Uh, today I wanted to talk a little bit about this, the fire festival documentary that is on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you go check it out. It's about, we're going to kind of talk spoilers here, but it's like, it's a, it's a factual thing that happened. And you really, I still suggest you watch it. Even if you listen to this and you get like a general idea of what happened, the notion here is that like, it's still, it's still watchable. There's a ton of stuff to, to break down. So I think some, some lessons have kind of derived from this and uh, this guy, I can't remember his name exactly, he's William Billy something, and he is essentially this, this like millionaire entrepreneur that started this company called Magnesis and was marketing it towards uh, rich millennials who just kind of wanted a unique sort of experience um, with their credit card, and um, he... I don't even fully understand the credit card thing, but he was just kind of touted as this, you know, next generation entrepreneur, always coming up with big ideas, always doing this sort of thing. So he decided to come up with this. Um, he worked with Ja Rule to come up with an app called Fire, and they were working they were working on that app called Fire, and it was meant to make club promoting and music promoting and booking uh, easy. And, uh, it's kind of like the, it was meant to be like the Uber of, of music booking or artist booking essentially. And as a way to try to create hype around this, he wanted to build this fire festival 
which was sort of built around this um, idea with Ja Rule of like getting people to a private island and putting on a festival, having like a thousand people hang out and, you know, stay in luxury places and uh, see all sorts of bands and basically had this this vision for what he wanted this thing to look like. And um, the whole documentary essentially starts to go through this process of how this whole thing broke down. And really what I want to talk about is how it's really the personality type of this Billy character who is an unhealthy example of an, of an ENTJ, someone that has uh, an extroverted, intuitive thinking, judging uh, type of personality. Uh, if you are following the Myers-Briggs stuff that I do, you can definitely go back and check out an episode where I've done a Myers-Briggs breakdown I'm going to do a new one soon to kind of uh, update my sort of knowledge on Myers-Briggs and where all that is. But essentially, he's the type of person that will... uh, ENTJs are very natural entrepreneurs. They're very much leader types. They like to systematize and they like to see results and get things done. And there was even literally a part in the documentary where he says... I don't want more problems. I just want solutions. And that is very much the leading thought process of an ENTJ. He just wants solutions, doesn't care how it happens and um, wants it, wants it done. And one of the things that an unhealthy ENTJ would do is to just want to get things done regardless of how it affects people or how it affects, uh, how it, how it creates a cascading effect. Personality Hacker talks about how, Extroverted thinking, which is the dominant strength of an ENTJ, um, can really start to waver and go in a bad direction if it does not take values and morality into account, where extroverted thinking could be so focused on efficiency that they forget or don't work towards being effective. Effective is very different than efficiency. Efficiency is, you know, I want to get from A to B in a straight line, regardless of the obstacles, right? It's more of like a plow through things where efficiency is considering long-term effects and how what you're doing affects other things. And, um, the opposing dichotomy of the extroverted thinker is an introverted feeler and the introverted feeling inferior function of an extroverted thinker is something that has to be taken into consideration with every decision an extroverted thinker makes. Not every decision, but it has to be something that is considered to make sure that you're not making unethical choices. You know, if you're a person that wants to just build something and has this singular vision, this introverted intuitive vision, the singular idea of like this guy wanted to make a fire festival and he decided that he just wanted to make this thing happen regardless of how we got there. All he could see was the vision and he was not considering the time frame, was not considering how hard he had to make people work, was not considering the logistics of it being even possible. And throughout the story, you kind of hear or you see lots of examples of him getting into what's called a cognitive loop. He gets involved with uh, extroverted thinking and extroverted sensing. And extroverted sensing is all about your immediate experience, what is going on around you. And sometimes extroverted sensing 
because of that desire to experience the the best of life sometimes, um, that extroverted sensing can lead someone who is an ENTJ in that loop to just want to experience the finer things in life or to want to look good, you know? So he was very much showing that he wanted to be the type of guy that like showed off a sense of luxury and opulence. And, you know, he was buying all sorts of cars and, and showing people, um, trying to show off essentially. And I, I think there, there are a couple of good lessons there. Like regardless of the decisions that you need to make when it comes to data driven things, meaning you're trying to finish a project or you're trying to collect data and do research that emotions are still an important thing to consider. Morality is an important thing to consider in how you're affecting the world around you, how you're affecting the people that are working for you or the working with you and making sure that they are, continually excited about your vision and with you on your vision and that you're not just taking your vision and applying that emotional experience to other people and assuming that they're going along with you. You need to literally check in with people and make sure that they are on board with what it is that you're doing. It's kind of like what I do with the show. Like I give a lot of sort of rationale and information and data and I talk about my own experiences or things that I've experienced in some sort of way, but it's all through the framework of an emotional experience. I'm sharing what I know and what I've experienced and what I've learned for the sake of you being able to take it and go out into the world and do something with it, right? That's the emotional experience for me. I have to consider that I don't necessarily want to just talk about what I want to talk about, even though that's like what I largely consider. It still needs to resonate with people in some sort of way. And I need to think like, okay, is this like a topic that is interesting enough for someone to be able to take and apply to their own emotional experience? Can I help people? Can I affect them in a positive way? So, you know, for me as a thinker, I need to consider that. And I think feelers need to do a little bit of the opposite. They need to not just necessarily uh, make emotional choices or go along with the crowd or um, live within their sense of morality and not do anything about it. They need to consider, you know, what it is that their emotional state is telling them that they need to do and then find a way to execute on it or find the data that supports it and work towards their sense of individuality. So uh, that kind of led me down a rabbit hole, but, (laughs) um, you know, the fire festival documentary was really showing me that this guy was just an intense spiral of ENTG, ENTJ energy, unfocused and untethered and not checking in with, you know, his sense of morality. He wasn't listening to people. He wasn't checking in with the world around him. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't seeing beyond his own vision and adapting to reality, which is probably another lesson that I would, that I would say that I, that I got from it is really thinking about that adjust, adjustability, that adaptability to, you know, when things are starting to go wrong or you're seeing that something is not going well, you've got to be willing to quit. And quitting is incredibly important. Quitting is like, Quitting is probably one of the best ways to succeed, which sounds crazy, but 
quitting when you've got all sorts of ideas or you're on a path to something that is clearly falling apart. Other people are telling you that it's falling apart or you're not getting any kind of traction at all and you're simply wasting resources, time, money, energy, and you're not getting anywhere with it. Your willingness to quit and let go of it is going to allow you to open up yourself to new opportunities. And for me, I've, I've had to do that recently with the Super MBTI podcast. I was realizing that while I was getting listeners and people were really interested in the topic, I didn't have the time and energy for it. That doing this podcast plus a different podcast, and I was doing a media podcast at the time too, all of it was too much and I needed to shift my focus and priority and my energy to put more time into dopamine, which is something that has been working. And really, if I start to you know, disparate my energy between dopamine and two other podcasts, then dopamine itself is also going to suffer. So I needed to combine these ideas and put it into something new. In, in terms of the, the fire Festival, he needed to see the signs that this, this thing wasn't working. Luckily, some people were able to see that it wasn't working and like made sure that the, the artists didn't get involved. And unfortunately, they got to the point where people actually showed up on the island and... It was uh, it was just kind of crazy, nonetheless. I don't want to get into spoilers, but there was basically there was um, a lot of difficulty because logistics weren't worked out, and he just stuck with his vision no matter what. Instead of quitting and you know maybe even saving face and you know regrouping or setting it back a few months or uh, you know finding different people or or whatever, right? He was just resting into his vision and wouldn't let go of it. He wasn't checking in with his sense of morality, like I said before. So it was, it's was. it been a really interesting documentary to watch. It also made me think about my own... Actually, you know, I'm going to take a break real quick and play a word from our sponsor, and then I'll kind of let you know my last thought, and we'll wrap this thing up. Join me, 48 Hours Correspondent Aaron Moriarty, on my podcast, My Life of Crime, as I take on true crime investigations like no other. This season, I'm looking into the labyrinth of crime and secrets within families. I'm cutting straight to the evidence and talking to the people directly involved, including investigators and the families of victims. Listen to My Life of Crime with Aaron Moriarty wherever you get your podcasts. Inspired by the life of the savvy and ambitious Colombian businesswoman Griselda Blanco comes a new Netflix original limited series. Griselda tells the story of a devoted mother who, with her lethal blend of charm and relentless savagery, creates one of the most powerful cartels in history. Witness Sofia Vergara's captivating transformation into the godmother of the underworld. Griselda, now streaming only on Netflix. So something I've been thinking about lately in my own business ventures and where I'm going forward in life is really the ethical and moral ideas that I'm putting out into the world or how I'm contributing to the good in the world in some way. And that's sort of that dichotomy that I was talking about, using my information, my data, my problem solving, my ability to design, to be a good marketer, all of that stuff. And being able to learn how to apply it ethically to 
the big picture of the world and how I can apply it to things. And this fire festival and seeing this guy do all of these terrible things to these people and uh, leave people stranded and screwed and, and spent a ton of money and wasted a lot of time, energy, emotional energy, resources, asked things of people that are terribly inappropriate and um, just led to this massive disaster is just like perfect timing of everything that I've been considering over the last few months to make sure that I'm still on the right path that I want to be on. I've spent much of my career working for a lot of salespeople or marketing agencies or all sorts of things in life that um, serve kind of superficial goals. I think I loved working in the film industry because I know films make people happy. And I think that part of it, I was able to kind of work on. I really loved being a part of something that was bigger than myself. Uh, but I've certainly worked for other people who are just trying to make money and they're trying to make money by any means necessary. And for me, I was also trying to do the same thing. I, I wasn't necessarily directly trying to trick people, but I know that they were. And sometimes I got involved in that stuff and that was not the best way to the best thing to do or the, or the best way to be involved in anything. We all get very sick of sleazy sales and people calling us when we're broke and bugging us. You know, the guy at the, at the mall that is always trying, trying to get us to smell his hand. Like it's all very annoying and it's all, it's just all stuff that is in service of superficial goals of just trying to sell things. Whereas I want to live a little bit different than that. I've been wanting to create personal development frameworks and programs and courses to actually help people, but to also pay the bills. Um, and I do everything that I can to give as much free advice as possible. That's why I have this podcast. I talk to people in my Uber all the time about personal development stuff. I don't force a paywall or anything. And the idea here is I, I just want to help as many people as possible because that is part of my life's goal. That's just, I want to have uh, uh, I want to leave a positive mark on society and life. And I don't want to just be known for being sleazy in any kind of way. Right. So that is, that has been a massive challenge for me to almost rewire my thinking to not just take any sale that comes my way, but to think about where my energy is going. If it's going into an ethical, helpful, caring, loving place and a way that is going to be mutually beneficial to myself because I do have to pay the bills. It's not about sacrificing myself, but finding a way that, that helps me help people that in a, in a way that just makes me feel good about moving forward. Right. So it's really been weird because I've had to take a step back. I've had to leave a lot of money on the table. And I think for anyone to actually do that, to be, personally ethical, sometimes you do have to leave money on the table. I've said before that if it was just about money, I'd be doing something completely different. And if it was about money, I'd have all of yours, <laughs> right? It's not, that's not what it's about at all, right? It's, it's about trying to find a way to help people do something cool and really learn for myself and share these stories that I've learned from myself because I know that there are people out there that if they were dealing with my circumstances, my mental health issues, my whatever, that they would not necessarily be able to handle it. And they might not have the tools to figure out what I figured out. They might need to hear my voice for them to be able to figure it out. 
and, and the way that I've had other voices help me figure it out. And I, I honestly believe that creativity is finding a way to give back to the world. Because the world gives us stuff all the time. It gives us the opportunity to live. It's given us the opportunity to have, uh, you know, family or partners or whatever things that bring you joy in life. Uh, you've created, you've, you've been able to have the opportunity to appreciate those things. So I think creativity is the desire to give back to reality in a way. And that's all I'm trying to do is really give back to reality in the ways that it's given me all of these great things. I have a beautiful baby boy. I've got, I had the opportunity to live in San Diego. I had uh, a lot of good things happen in my life and even just, and I, I mean, I've had equally bad, but I've also had the opportunity to just even exist. And I'm about to go in and watch the Dragon Ball super movie. Like that's pretty exciting. I'm really stoked that that's a thing. Right. So, uh, which means I got to wrap this up actually, so I can go do that. But um, you know, the Fire Festival documentary really created a, an amazing way of showing what not to do <laughs> when you're trying to set up a big event, when you're trying to manage people, when you're trying to um, help people or ask of things or even solve problems, that it's not about finding solutions. It's about finding the best possible way, the most effective way to to move forward. And not necessarily about getting the job done, because sometimes you got to quit. Sometimes you got to give up. Sometimes you got to try something else. Sometimes you got to push it back a little bit, right? And there's no harm in having to quit something. I don't feel like a failure because Super MBTI wasn't working or, or I couldn't do it. I've tried and failed a million things. And if you attach your identity to a sense of failure, then you're just not going to be able to get up and try again. So I would implore you to think about it that way, that failure or quitting or trying something different is like, it's typically not the end of the world. There's always going to be another opportunity. We have more resources than ever in the golden age of opportunity to try different things and just, just give yourself a break. You know, if you got to stop for a while, then do it. That's totally fine. I'm not judging you. So why should you judge yourself? I mean, if you're looking for someone to judge you, you will find it. But like, that's not what it's about. Give yourself some room. So allow yourself to quit, move forward and think about the ethical things that you're doing. Um, because that's what I've been doing. I mean, you could do whatever you want. I don't really care. <laughs> but for me, that's just like, that's where I'm at. I'm just trying to continue to help people talk about these things and, uh, and move things forward. So, and if you're an ENTJ, definitely watch that documentary and think about, huh? Okay. I kind of, I kind of feel like this guy in some ways, but I also understand that like he's missing something and he needs to check in with his introverted feeling to check in with his sense of morality and how to help people and move forward. I think him spending time in jail, spoiler, <laughs> is is hopefully going to, uh, you know, give him some time to utilize that. And, uh, you know, maybe he'll come back and create something amazing, right? Because I do believe in second chances. So 
All right, that's it. I'm going to go in and watch the movie. Take care of yourselves and each other at Let's Go C-Note on Twitter if you want to hit me up, uh, anchor.fm slash dopamine. And um, on the dopamine page, there's a link to the mailing list. So if you want to sign up to that, you can um, be a part of that as well to get updates on all of the things that are happening. And, um, you know, check out the branding and let me know what you think. And uh, we also have a Patreon page, so patreon.com slash dopamine. And that's it. I'm going to go. I'll catch you guys later. Love you. See ya. Bye. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to Dopamine and providing your support for this show. I really, really appreciate it. If you really love this show, leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher to show some love for the podcast. You can also check out cnote.media to check out my work and my courses. But um, with that, we'll catch you next time. See you guys later.